trying to build here and the type of success we're looking to, to have and, and hopefully sustain. I'm not worried about the outside noise or what, what people are writing about, what people are saying. When we step on that field, we're ready to go to war for our brothers. It's unnecessary roughness. When you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players. You have a great organization, and you tell them one thing. Just win, baby. This is Unnecessary Roughness, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation. Welcome in. Welcome back. It's Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Hearing that intro right there, man, just hearing the late, great Al Davis, hearing the little breakdown right there. Three, two, one, Raiders. Hearing the, the, the cheer. Does it not feel like it's, it's camp time? Does it not feel like a setting that would be, you know, a practice setting and they're just breaking it on down? Does it not take you back to even when you played sports and you were in that practice setting and maybe almost like the first day or second day of practice when everyone still had high spirits, everyone was going to make the team, everyone's going to be a star? It just kind of sounded like right there. I got that and I heard that. That's all I could think about is like the first day of training camp. And, of course, practice will be next week, next Tuesday. Excited about being back out at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ, for practice. Of course, we'll be all hands on deck, the morning tailgate. They'll be out at practice, you know, from Clay, Lindsey, Vinny, of course. I'll be out there. JT will be out there. I mean, we're going to have a lot of folks covering practice wall-to-wall, so we'll be able to bring you as much coverage as possible. But it's just about go time for the – most part, man, I've been looking at my calendar. I've been kind of – I've been doing like the guy in jail, right, the guy where he's just kind of making another X on the wall, like one day down, one day down, little one, a little mark on the, on the wall, one, 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 another day going by. Basically told the wife already, hey, whatever chores you need me to do, make sure you have me do it this upcoming weekend because by next Tuesday when training camp starts, it's full throttle. It's all hands on deck. I even got to change my haircut schedule. And we all know that ain't all right. That's a problem. (laughs) That's a problem. Saturday at 9 a.m. ain't going to be available because of training camp. But it all gets real starting next week. Very excited about that and excited about uh, this team trying to put everything together. So, uh, yeah, look forward to that. Again, we'll have wall-to-wall coverage, training camp, preseason, going into the regular season and that first game in Denver. Then they make the trip to Buffalo. Then that home opener at Allegiant Stadium against the Pittsburgh Steelers in prime time. Talking about teams, JT the Brick has been putting together this team, the all-time Raiders team. He's been doing it each and every day. The cornerbacks he did yesterday. Today was the safeties. Just in case you missed it, the all-time team safeties, Jack Tatum, the great Jack Tatum, George Atkinson, again, the great George Atkinson, Good friend of the show, Van McElroy and Mike Davis. All greats right there. Jack Tatum, George Atkinson, Van McElroy, Mike Davis. The reserves, Rod Woodson, Ronnie Lott, Eddie Anderson, Burgess Owens, and honorable mentions, Eric Turner, Dave Grayson, Charles Woodson 2.0, and he points out we had Charles and Grayson at cornerback the day before. So, again, it's been something I've been having a lot of fun listening to and just kind of monitoring how JT goes through and puts together this all-time team. It's been a whole lot of fun. If you've been able to check it out, great. If you haven't, well, check it out because <laughs> there's a lot of good discussion about some of the all-time greats 
when it comes to Raiders and their alumni. But we got a lot coming up on today's show, as we do each and every day. Always excited about it, especially our first guest that we have lined up, Trevor Sikama from Pro Football Focus. This is a guy that, I mean, I've been trying to line this interview up since yesterday, right? I got up real early in the morning and uh, was alerted to a piece that he put out on Pro Football Focus about Max Crosby. And immediately I was like, man, this is really good. I've got to get Trevor on the show to talk about it. So he'll join us at 2.30. The piece is called Raiders Max Crosby is Running and winning his own marathon to be the NFL's best. And it talks about, in this article on Pro Football Focus that I encourage you to go check out, it talks about his recruitment when he was in Texas. It talks about his brother, how his brother went to SMU and was basically a model, right? And when Max showed up at, uh, at Eastern Michigan, uh, the coach had to ask him, hey, are you a model or are you a D1 football player, right? I mean, it was just it was, it was really interesting stuff. Cool to find out that his college coach – was actually and is actually a diehard Raider fan. So he was super excited when Max Crosby was drafted in the fourth round uh, by the Silver and Black. He was fired up about that, uh, the fact that Max Crosby played basketball. Said he showed up to Eastern Michigan. He wasn't really in the right shape that he should have been in, but got himself in shape real quick, fast, and in a hurry. Lost some bad weight, gained some good weight. There's a lot to d- dive into in this piece on Pro Football Focus, and I definitely encourage you to go check it out. Raiders' Max Crosby is running and winning his own marathon to be the NFL's best. He actually talks about how the last dance inspired him. When he was uh, in the the hospital with off-season surgeries he was having, he was bored. He was there, and so he turned on the last dance and binge-watched it in two days. All ten episodes, he watched it in two days and drove back. He told his then-fiancee, Rachel, hey, I'm going to be the best. Drove back to Vegas, inspired to be the best. And I don't think anybody... Listening to this show, or I don't think anybody who talks about the Raiders would have any problem saying Max Crosby is one of the very best right now in the game and definitely the best that the Raiders have. So uh, just a lot to dive into. We'll do that with Trevor Sikama coming up at 2.30. Excited about that conversation. Shereen Williams, the Hall of Famer from Pro Football Talk. She'll join us at 3 o'clock to talk all things NFL. Uh, like to have someone that's on the national side of things. You know, on the outside looking in as camps are opening up, the Jets are opening up camp. I saw a lot of uh, guys showing up there, and it's almost like, you know, the first day of school, everyone's got their hair done, everyone's got their new outfit on, you know, they're feeling good about themselves. Saw Aaron Rodgers put on the Jets uniform for the first time. A lot of teams starting to report for camp, and so everyone's feeling good about themselves. Again, everyone feels great on July 19th, right? It's, it's when you're two, three, four weeks into training camp that I was like, man, can't wait for this thing to get over. <laughs> right? Once the preseason's about two weeks in, they're, they're done. They're ready to be done with training camp and get to the regular season. But saw a lot of different uh, you know, players reporting to camp. Kansas City, they reported to camp yesterday. So we'll talk to Shereen about all things going on in the NFL, all storylines in the NFL right now as, well, teams are preparing to make a run in 2023. Shereen Williams, the Hall of Famer, joins us coming up at 3 o'clock. Uh, at 3.30, we're doing a, a couple different things here. Reason or excuse, we're going to continue with that. My man Ari's got a bunch of different subjects that he wants to hit me with. Uh, we also have Cover 3 NFL news and notes of the day, and so we'll kind of scatter shoot with the Cover 3 notes throughout the course of the show, but uh, Ari will tee us up with reason or excuse coming up at 3.30. At 4 o'clock, Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports, she'll join the show, talk all things aces, Talk about the WNBA All-Star events that took place last weekend here in Las Vegas. Also, right now, the Mountain West uh, Conference media days are going on right now uh, here in town, and they do that each and every year. Uh, Every team in the Mountain West, like UNLV, like Boise State, like San Diego State, even though they tried to make a beeline and get up out the Mountain West, uh, they're still here. 
<laughs> they're still here. So uh, we'll talk to her about that as she's a, a part of uh, what's going on there, just like our sister station ESPN Las Vegas is, Cofield and Company. They're part of the Mountain West Media Days as well. But Paloma will join us to talk about a variety of subjects coming up at 4 o'clock. Then at 4.30, our good friend Cam Rogers from the Believe Podcast Network, he'll join us to talk all things British Open. I'll be the first to tell you I'm not a big golf guy. I'm a Tiger Woods guy, right? Let's make no bones about it. Tiger's not playing in the British Open, but I do know that the British Open is a big deal. And I know by the time most of us wake up tomorrow morning, the British Open will already be underway, right? I mean, that's just the reality of it. I think it's going to start around 4 a.m. tomorrow morning, our time, Pacific time. So for the most part, it'll already be under the way. So we want to make sure we get a, an update from Cam Rogers about everything going on, what to expect from the British Open, who's the favorites to potentially win the British Open, uh, the live golfers versus the PGA golfers, because if you haven't been paying attention, they still haven't come together yet. At some point, I'm sure that they will, but they haven't just yet. So uh, all things up to date when it comes to golf, Cam Rogers will uh, help us get up to date from the Believe Podcast Network coming up at 4.30. Also, Throughout the course of the show, we have a lot of winning on the way. The Lotus Summer of Fun continues. We're trying to get folks registered. We're trying to get some folks qualified to win four tickets to the Aviators game, which is one step to that Lotus Summer of Fun. Take the trip or take the cash. Uh, This week's trip is a seven-day Alaska cruise for two, or you could take the $3,000 cash. And uh, I've been saying it to anyone who will listen. I'm walking around the building all the time bragging about, yeah, you know what, all company-wide. And I'm not just talking about in Las Vegas. I'm talking about anywhere where there's a Lotus Broadcasting, they're involved in this competition. But one of the only winners has come from Raider Nation Radio 920 and has come from this show, Unnecessary Roughness. We've had winners from L.A. We've had guys from Seattle. But we've had a winner right here in Las Vegas and, more importantly, got registered. And I say more importantly. I'm just trying to brag. You know, more importantly, this show uh, our guy Wendell, he got registered uh, for the trip to New York. He ended up winning, and he took the cash, $3,000. So that came from this show. So what I'm trying to tell you is if you get registered on this show, there's a good chance you're winning. And I'm tell- I've been telling everybody. Like when I say that I've been telling everyone, I'm telling everyone from the rock stations, from comp. Oh, yeah, Sylvia don't want, want to see me in the hallways. I'm like, Here hey. Here comes Q. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, hey, have you registered a winner lately? Oh, you haven't. <laughs> I have. Right? I'm telling everybody from ESPN Las Vegas. Fox Sports Las Vegas, all of our uh, our music stations, the Spanish station, the Portes. I'm like, hey, in Espanol, any winner? No. Okay. <laughs> we got him. See. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I be mean, telling Ben, Ben down the hallway, he's got the, the office right next to mine. I'm like, Ben, winner? See? No? Oh, uh, we got winners, homeboy. You know what I mean? It's just it's, it's, it's something to brag about. So we're doing it. The Lotus Summer of Fun. We'll get folks uh, registered multiple times throughout the course of the show. We'll also give away a four-pack of tickets to the Battle for Vegas. That's the big charity softball game that goes on this Saturday at Las Vegas Ballpark. That's between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Raiders. And uh, ever since I've been here in town the last couple of years, that's one of the my favorite events to go to. And it's just one of those where the players get to let their hair down, have a little bit of fun. It's not really that serious, but you do know, That means football training camp is around the corner when they have that. It's always right before training camp gets started for the Raiders. So I'm sure there will be some some good conversations that members of the media will have with different members of the Silver and Black, but it doesn't matter. What matters is that we got a four-pack of tickets to this sold-out event. Sold-out event. So if you want to go, the way to get tickets, just listen to the show. We'll be giving those out between now 
and 5 o'clock. So we got a lot of winning on the way, a lot of good conversations on the way, and, of course, we want to hear from you throughout the course of the show as well. It's 702-365-9200, the don'tbebroke.com text sign is 69187, keyword r Of course, that's always wide open like some old-school TV antennas as well. Just always love to hear from you throughout the course of the show. So Trevor Sikama coming up at 2.30, Shereen Williams at 3, Paloma Villacana at 4, Cam Rogers at 4.30. Those are the guests that we have lined up for you this afternoon. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. So got a couple different things that I want to throw at you today. And like I said, I always love your feedback. When we don't have a guest, you can always call in at 702-365-9200 or you can always hit the don'tbebroke.com text line, whatever's easier for you. 69187, keyword R&R. Again, camp is right around the corner. The first day of practice is on the 26th. So I got one question that I want to throw out there for sure. And a matter of fact, the one question I, throw, I want to throw out there to you actually has to do with two questions for you to throw back at me. And that is, I want one question that you have about this team that's intriguing to you when it comes to training camp on offense and one question on defense. So two total questions. But when you look at the offense, and look, you could say the obvious, you know, hey, when's Josh Jacobs going to show up? Or is Jimmy G going to be healthy? That's obvious, right? I think that's, every, that's something that everybody's going to think about. But I think that it would be good, and I think it's more intriguing to do a little bit deeper dive. So two questions I'm looking for about this Raiders team as practice opens up on the 26th. That's the first day of practice. One on offense and one on defense. And what I mean by that, my question on offense can the offensive line improve either by way of personnel, like maybe some of the guys that were on the offensive line last year are replaced by someone else on the offensive line this year, or just by having a, a year under their belt and the continuity is there. So I just want to see how this offensive line, can this offensive line be better than it was a year ago? And the reason I say that is because they helped the, 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 the leading rusher on the league, right? They helped Josh Jacobs get 1,600 and. 53-plus yards right on the ground and lead the league in rushing. And they did pretty decent as far as pass blocking, but I think we all know it could be a lot better, right? And so I want to see how much better because that was a big question mark going into training camp last year. What's the offensive line going to look like? This team's only going to go as far as the offensive line. And it ended up not being the weak link that a lot of people thought. I do love Jermaine Illuminor. He's been on Twitter, especially with everyone coming out with all these Madden ratings and everything, and I saw something about offensive linemen and their strength, and Jermaine Illuminor wasn't on, like, the top five or top six, but there was a couple rookies on there, <laughs> you know, like Darnell Wright, uh, who went to Tennessee and ended up going to the Chicago Bears, and Jermaine Illuminor said, there ain't no way that you got a rookie on there stronger than me on that offensive line. Like, he was, he was chirping, and, and look, when he re-signed with the Raiders, what was the first thing he said? Me and Colton Miller are going to be the best bookend tackles in the league next year. So he's been saying that for a while. So I want to see him put his money where his mouth is. And I don't necessarily mean his money, but I just want to see him go out there. And, 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 you know, he's talking the talk. I want to see him go out there and walk the walk. I know my guy James, Slow Jam James, who chimes in on the show all the time. He's been rocking with Jermaine Illuminor for a while. Going back to last year, he's like, yeah, you know, he's getting a couple penalties here and there. But, Q, I like him. I think he's doing a good job. Jermaine Illuminor, I, I don't have any problem with him. Even when he makes a mistake, he owns up to him. He doesn't run from him. He doesn't hide from him. He doesn't shy away from talking about him. And he, he puts his head down and works. So can he improve his game this year? And can the entire defensive line prove to be better this upcoming year? We'll see a lot of that. We'll learn a lot. I know one observation Vinny Bonsignor had when we were out there for mandatory minicamp, the guys look bigger. 
for the most part, a lot of them look bigger and stronger. So how does that, you know, how does that work when it comes to the offensive line? Does it, you know, does that translate into them being better? Well, we'll find out. Obviously, it's hard in practice to see how good they could be. You'll have to get a little bit of an idea during, uh, you know, the joint practices with the Niners and the joint practices with the Rams and then, of course, the preseason games. But that's one big question. That's the one question I, I have for the offensive side of things when, with training camp opening up next week. Can the offensive line improve? Either the personnel is improved or just with the continuity that they have, they step their game up a little bit more. Because if so, again, the offense, I believe, can be pretty stinking nasty. Defensively, I want to look at the linebacking room. And the reason I want to look at the linebacking room is because I've identified that room as the, as the, the, the weak link still of that, that defense. Now, I know that there's a lot of areas and a lot of holes that need to be filled, but I still kind of have a question mark when I look at those linebackers. But is there a guy or two that can step up and take hold of that linebacking room? I think a lot of us believe Devon Diablo could be that guy, especially now that he's bulked up. And what we saw from him last year until he got injured and we didn't see him back, but they went out and made the move for Spillane, brought him in from the Steelers. What does he bring to the table? Luke Masterson now has a, Luke, a, a, a year under his belt. Darian Butler has a year under his belt. And there's one name that I haven't talked about enough, and I know a lot of people have him on their radar, and I don't really know what to expect from him. But Drake Thomas, the undrafted free agent out of NC State linebacker, a lot of folks really do believe that he could be a difference maker. He could be that guy that the Raiders have been looking for at the linebacking position. So I want to see if someone steps up and is kind of head and shoulders over the rest of the linebackers. And that is something you can see in training camp. You can see that in training camp. You can see that in joint practices. If you see a guy that's kind of flying around the ball, you see a guy that's kind of all over the place, you, you, could, you could see that. So those are the two questions I have. Offensively, I'm, talking and fo- I'm focusing in on the offensive line, and defensively, I'm looking at the linebacking room. Can someone step up and be that linebacking leader, right? Denzel Perriman's in Houston. He was the energy. He was the engine for that, that defense the last couple of years that he's been with the Raiders after they made that trade with Carolina. He's been that guy. Has he been, you know, uh, the, the best linebacker in the league? No. He has his areas of weakness as well. But you knew that if there was a leader in that, in that room, it was him. So who's going to step up and be that leader this year? That's the question I have for you. So two questions. One, give me about the defense, and one, give me about the offense. Whatever order you want, I don't care. But the two questions, that's what I'm looking for today. That's the topic that I want to throw out there. 702-365-9200. Again, with camp right around the corner of the first day of practice is on the 26th, and I cannot wait to be out there at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. 702-365-9200. Also, the don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword R&R. Got a bunch of texts already rolling through. Mailman Raider said, Q. My question on O is how will they decide to line up Hunter and Jacoby? They're both too good to not be on the field together. Will Jacoby be strictly outside with Renfro? And defense, I'm a bit of fan of Diablo. My question will be does he take it to the next level, especially with the staff saying he'll get that green dot? You know what? Excellent questions right there. I, I, I want to I put an explanation mark on that. Excellent questions right there, especially on offense. How does Jacoby Myers and Hunter Renfro coexist? Right? How does Josh McDaniels use them to the, his advantage? I've said it before. There's a world where Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro, Devontae Adams, right? Michael Mayer, all these guys could coexist. I just want to see how Josh McDaniels put it together. I think that's a great question right there. How is it you know, put together? How do those guys 
you know, do they line up on the field together at the same time? Because like Mailman Raider said, they're both really stinking good. I believe Jacoby Myers is, is wide receiver number two now. And I think that it allows Hunter Renfro to be Hunter Renfro without the pressure of, well, he's got to get 1,000 yards receiving this year, right? He doesn't have to be that guy. I mentioned it when he came into the league. I said it's always going to be quality over quantity with Hunter Renfro. When he went and had a monster season, it was because they had to. It was a necessity. He was the last of the Mohicans. He was the last man standing, <laughs> right? It was Hunter Renfro or bust. And he, hey, you know what? He held up his end of the bargain. He did a hell of a job. I don't want to take anything away from him. But if you don't have to, if he doesn't have to be the guy that you're trying to force feed the ball to because you have Devontae, you have Jacoby, and you have Hunter out there, that could be that could be something really, really nice to see. I want to see what Josh McDaniels does with that. Great question. And on defense, yeah, I mean, Diablo looks like he's the leader in the clubhouse, but there's guys like Spillane. There's guys like Masterson. There's guys like Butler. And there's guys like Drake Thomas that may have something to say about that. So, uh, yeah, hit us up, 69187, keyword R&R, and, of course, 702-365-9200. All right, we got Dennis here waiting for us, or what do we got? What, what was no, no, no. Uh, he just wanted to pass along that, quote, just want to say Q is my favorite. Oh, okay. It's, it's, on our notes that you passed, you said caller Dennis, so I thought that he was actually oh, calling. Oh, yeah. I, I okay. wanted to pass that along. It's, no, okay. Uh, I guess no we'll worries. just brag a little bit. So. No, no. It's all good. Props Dennis. to you, Q. Hey, Dennis, thanks for listening, man. I, hey, look, go. without you, brother, uh, and without everybody that listens, we are nobody. We're just talking to ourselves, which, um, believe it or not, I do that all the time, too. <laughs> <laughs> the wife is like, shut up. You're not on the air anymore. Go to sleep. She gets <laughs> She don't even allow me to eat sugar after a certain hour. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can't have this. This dude's going to be up all night telling jokes, and ain't nobody trying to hear him. But that's just what I do. So, Dennis, thanks so much. I I do appreciate that. One more text, and uh, then we'll get to – we'll take a break. Jim for Yonkers said on defense, can Patrick Graham get these guys to understand his system since he now has some nice groceries? Offense, why not do no huddle and four wide with all this wide receiver talent? No one has done it since the Bills. Imagine Jacobs running when the D has to cover four wideouts. Thank you for a great show, Jim from Yonkers. And that's why I throw questions like this out to Raider Nation. I wouldn't have thought of that. I wouldn't have thought of that at all. But remember the Bills with Jim Kelly? Remember how they used to just go hurry up? They were going hurry up before college football was going hurry up, right? They just had that, and you put you in a bad position. And that's not something realistically that you could do all the time. But you could pick your moments. You know, I've been, it's funny, I've been saying that for years. I know JT has been saying that for years as well. Uh, there's been times when the Raiders have had some good momentum offensively, and it seems like they just don't go fast enough. Like, you don't have to go hurry up, but just pick up the pace a little bit. You know, make the defense make a decision, or maybe keep a guy on the field that's a little bit tired. You know, just, I, I would have no problem with that. But with all that talent, like Jim points out, yeah, I mean, you can get a defense on their heels real quick, fast, and in a hurry just because you have all that talent and you're, and you're hustling especially if you're, you know, having the short passing game. Boom, you catch the ball, go down after, you know, five, six yards, whatever. You Maybe you pick up seven or eight yards, boom, just a little bit of tempo, right? All right, call a couple plays in the huddle, boom, there you go. Get, on, get in a rhythm. I would like to see that sometimes, like, coming out of the, the locker room in the third quarter. I'd like to, you know, when, if the Raiders were to receive the ball first or something, just, just to kind of surprise them. I think that that's a good element. I think that's a really good statement there from Jim talking about why not use a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, no huddle or, or a little up-tempo offensively. I like that. And then defensively, I know the defense is going to be something that we feature here a lot on the show. I know the defense is something I'm focused in on. I really am. I was focused in on the defense a lot last year, and, you know, people called in. It's like, you can't talk about the defense. They haven't added anybody on the defense. They haven't invested anything in the defense. All right, now they've invested in the defense. So can we talk about the defense? 
Is it okay? They had six guys in the draft by way of the defense, right? They drafted six players. They went out and spent money in free agency on the defensive side of things. Now, they didn't go and get no huge names, but they did bring in players because they know that they have to address the defense. So can we talk about the defense? Patrick Graham, can these guys, can he get these guys to understand his system since now he has some nice groceries? One of the first things he said when he took over the job, what are you looking for? We asked him. What are you looking for in the defensive players? Guys that can play. Players. I just need some talent. That's it. We heard a lot throughout the course of the year last year. What did he need? Smart, instinctive uh, players. Guys that just know how to play ball, understand situations. Okay. Now you brought your guys in. You went out and made the move for Marcus Epps. Right? You drafted Tyree Wilson. You brought back Brandon Faison. Right? You went out and, and, and signed Duke Shelley. You signed Robert Spillane. You drafted, uh, you, you drafted multiple players, right? Ja'Korian Bennett as an as a, a outside corner, maybe a slot corner, right? Tyler Hall is all of a sudden in year two after looking pretty good in a, in a small sample size in year one, right? You went and drafted Chris Smith, a two-time national champion with Georgia, a guy on the back end that just understands ball. You called him, not my words, your words, a young Deron Harmon, okay? Now you've got your guys, Right? You went out and, and, and drafted uh, Byron Young in the third round out of Alabama. Big defensive tackle. You brought in some free agents that you're familiar with. Some guys that, that's got some skins on the wall that, you know, can show the young dudes how to do it. Now can you put it together? That's the big question. You have a linebacker coach in his second year with the team that has done it at the highest level on Antonio Pierce. He's got a ring to prove it. <laughs> He's that guy. He's him. Right? Can he coach those dudes up? I love that question. I really do. I think that's a great one. Jim from Yonkers, again, defensively. Can Patrick Graham get these guys to understand his system since he now has some nice groceries? And offensively, why not do no huddle and four wide with all the wide receiver talent? No one's done it since the Bills. Imagine Jacobs running when the D has to cover four wideouts. Thank you for a great show. And that's the other element, right? Josh Jacobs. You saw what happened when he didn't run with a loaded box last year. He led the league in rushing. Just like Jim pointed out, you go four wide, you can't load the box. You got 17 out there, can't load the box. Got Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro, guess what? Can't load the box. You know what that does? Number eight, not 28, number eight has an opportunity to run really wild. Great text, Jim. Very good one. I definitely appreciate that. So that's the question I throw out there to you, and I ask for your response at 69187, keyword r and And, of course, you can always give us a call when we don't have a guest at 702-365-9200. We do have a guest coming up next. as Trevor Sycamore from Pro Football Focus talking all things Max Crosby. He put out a great piece, and we'll talk about it next. But the question, give me two questions about this Raiders team as we're less than a week away from the start of camp. One question on offense, one question on defense. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. I do everything I can to put myself in the best position to help this team be the best leader I can be and be the best player down to down in the National Football League. That's my goal every day is to be the best, and I try to show my teammates what that looks like every single day. And Herbert's going for the QB sneak, trying over the top, and he didn't get it! Max Crosby dove over the top, would not let Herbert get that first down, and this is going to be a turnover on downs. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness. With your boy Q, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. 
Never gets old hearing Max Crosby talk. Never gets old hearing a Max Crosby highlight. He's just that good. My man Ari, he's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio this afternoon. This is Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. And join us now on the phone lines to talk about that guy, Mad Max Crosby, is Trevor Sycamore from Pro Football Focus. You can find his piece on Pro Football Focus right now. Raiders Max Crosby is running and winning his own marathon to be the NFL's best. And, Trevor, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I definitely appreciate you. First of all, fantastic piece. It was very informative, great details. I definitely appreciate uh, everything that went into this piece. How fun was it putting this together, all the people you talked to, from Max Crosby to his college coach and others? Oh, man, it was it, it was awesome. You know, that was the first time that I've had the opportunity to really sit down and, and get to talk with Max. And like many others out there, you know, I, I've read about his story, certainly, we scouted him when he was coming out of Eastern Michigan. I've, I've followed his success through the NFL. Uh, we know his uh, courageous battle uh, against alcoholism that he's been very p- public with. And so, you know, it was, I was really looking forward to it. And, and for everybody out there who knows, you know, sometimes when you're using a Zoom and you get a Zoom meeting, because that's how I was talking to him, you only get 40 minutes, right? Uh, those 40 minutes went up very, very quickly when it came to Max Crosby because I was having such a great time getting to know him. So, I mean, it was great talking with him. It was great talking with um, uh, Coach Creighton as well, his head coach at Eastern Michigan. And these are just two great people. And and, and Max specifically, man, the reason why the conversation was so easy with him and why, you know, follow-up questions were so easy to come up with is because he is just so real about everything. You know, he's not giving you cookie-cutter answers. You know, it's not like he's trying to recite a script that he's heard somebody say before, give the answers that he feels like he's supposed to give. That's not what he's about. You are getting Max Crosby and every single answer that he gives, whether it's about football, whether it's about being a husband, a father, where he's going, how he got there, all kinds of stuff. So it was definitely a joy to uh, get to know him a lot, and it was uh, certainly an honor telling a little bit of his story in that piece. Well, I'll tell you, it was well documented again from his journey from Texas to Eastern Michigan to, you know, showing up, not knowing, the coach not knowing if he was going to be a D1 player or he was going to be a, a, a supermodel, right? I mean, just nobody, I just all the details that went into this piece, I thought it was really well done. And uh, how about his coach, Coach Creighton, as you mentioned, him being the only coach to offer him a D1 full scholarship ride and end up being a diehard Raider fan at the same time. Like, how, how did that come together so conveniently? I, and I asked him a little bit about that, too. And, you know, unfortunately, there's there's so many great quotes that I felt like I, I just couldn't include in the piece because it would have been 5,000 words long. But, <laughs> you know, I asked him specifically about that, how he grew up a diehard Raiders fan. And, you know, of course, his smile was as big as could be talking about it. And now, uh, you know, he actually went to the Pro Bowl. Um, Max Crosby went to the Pro Bowl, but then uh, so did his coach, Coach Creighton. He brought his son with him. And, uh, you know, they're both sitting there in the stands getting to watch Max play with a Raiders jersey on. And he just talked about how incredible that was, getting to share that moment with his son, uh, share that bond of sports, and getting to watch Max Crosby play for their favorite team. And um, that was just – it was such a cool little element of that story. And, you know, you mentioned that he was the only coach to offer Crosby a full scholarship, which is crazy to think of, obviously, right now when you see his NFL success. But one of the questions that I asked uh, Coach Creighton is, hey, you know, when did you know that, that you had something special with Max? Like, when did you know that he was going to be an NFL player? And his answer, again, very real, and it was great. He's like, look, I, I didn't. 
He's like, I didn't, I didn't have this moment where I was like, oh yeah, this guy's going to absolutely dominate the NFL, especially from those first impressions that he had as a recruit and when he got onto the field uh, early on. But shortly after that, he talked about Crosby's work on the scout team when mm-hmm. he was just a redshirt freshman going up against some juniors and seniors that they had on their offensive line that eventually went to the NFL, one of them being Andrew Wiley, who is uh, a reigning Super Bowl champion with the Kansas City Chiefs. And he said that Max Crosby, as just an 18-year-old fresh on the campus, was going to war with these guys. Like <laughs> There were some plays where he was getting the better of them as a true freshman on scout team. And it was kind of those moments compounded with others over the next couple of years that uh, allowed him to become a draftable player, certainly uh, one that was a gem in the fourth round. But, you know, it was funny. That was another question that I absolutely loved the realness of the answer where his coach said, look, I, I, I didn't know that he would for sure be this player because there's so many things that you have to do right at the NFL level. And he's like, I knew Max was up for the challenge, but there's a lot of guys that are up for the challenge. And the pro level sometimes just swallows you up, but – that wasn't the case for Max, certainly, as one of the best edge rushers in the NFL now. I love what his coach said about his best quality being two inches under the left side of his chest, talking about his heart. And obviously, he's got it upstairs. You know, he's got it between the ears as well. But just saying the heart, it starts there with the heart when it comes to Max Crosby. And I think that all of Raider Nation sees him put that on the line each and every day. Just how, how big is that, that that's where it all starts is the heart? Well, it's huge because, you know, throughout that piece, and again, there's there's a lot of quotes that I, I, I couldn't even fit in there. His mindset is just, it's, it's all pro. You know, you've got to be an all pro between the ears, like you mentioned, and within your heart before you ever step onto that football field. Because, you know, when the going gets tough, if you will, when things go unexpected, when adversity really punches you in the face and, Sometimes that can be metaphorical. Sometimes that can be in the form of a massive all-pro offensive tackle who's standing in front of you. You've got to be able to adjust to it, and not just adjust, thrive. And you can only do that if you believe you're the baddest dude on the field and you, you know in your heart that you have done everything you could do to make yourself ready for those moments. And I think that's the part of Max Crosby that is so awesome to watch and so cool to listen to uh, is that he really has this no reservation type of mentality when it comes to being the best version of himself. So when those moments come, he talks about how I live for those big moments under the bright lights, but it's because he's ready for them. And it's because that he can 100% say with confidence, I prepare for this moment as much as I possibly could mentally, physically, in the weight room, in the, in the, uh, in the film room, uh, with my diet, like whatever it is. And that is the product that you've seen over the last two years as a guy who has led the NFL in pressures. And so that, that to me, you know, I, I, I asked him about, hey, you know, what makes a great pass rusher? Hey, what do you do as a pass rusher and things like that? And it was so much more evident that, of course, he's physically gifted. He's got the long arms. He's got the great burst. He's got the agility, all these things. But what truly allows him to be in that tier one of edge rushers is the fact that his preparation and his mentality is uh, is all pro before he even plays a snap out there every single year. So that was the, the thing that really stood out to me. Talking all things Max Crosby right now with Trevor Sikama from Pro Football Focus. He's got a piece out right now. Raiders Max Crosby is running. 
and winning his own marathon to be the NFL's best. And so I ask you, as we've seen what he's been able to do over the course of his short career, and he's got the contract extension, he's the leader of the Raiders, how does a guy with all those great attributes that we just talked about, how does he slip to the fourth round? Yeah, that is, uh, you know, something that, that I talked about in my piece. You know, that's something that, of course, he was an unknown as a recruit. You know, we we went over the fact that he really only had one scholarship offer and a lot of, you know, whether you like it or not, a lot of scouting profiles for these guys start as recruits. And when you are a lower star recruit, sometimes you're just not getting noticed. Sometimes they're not paying attention to you as much. For as much as I think it is an empire scouting in the at the NFL level, it's not always true that, hey, if you play well, people will find you. And I think that that was kind of the case with Crosby. All right, well, he had a couple of quiet years at EMU. He really kind of burst onto the scene his final year there. He played well. He was an all-conference selection. But you just never know. It was almost kind of a repeat of what the recruiting cycle was for him, where you just go, hey, man, there's still a lot. There's a lot of things to bet on here, but it can go either way with him. And and really, again, it just comes down to that drive and that want to um, those two inches uh, below the left side of your chest, if you will. But that's what every scout's looking to find. Though that's why you go through this process. That's why you interview all of these coaches that are around these guys, teammates that are around these guys. That's the part that you're trying to figure out because if you can hit on the personality of these players more often than not, that's when you're gonna you're gonna form a really good football team. And of course. The Raiders were able to hit on that in a major way. Not that he's the only one that they've hit on, but he is uh, just such a crown jewel for them, I think, of their drafts over the last couple of years, getting him as a steal in the fourth round. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, they had three first-round picks in 2019, and I would argue that the best player in that 2019 draft came out of the fourth round, right? I mean, it's just right. it's just that simple in, in Mad Max Crosby, and it's, it's great for the Raiders to be able to land him, and he's turned into the player he is. And, Trevor, I remember back in uh, you know 2020 when the pandemic was going on, there was absolutely no sports. The one thing that happened and saved the day for all of us was the last dance. And I know this didn't happen in 2020, but – the last dance was big for Max Crosby. He went and binge-watched it. In your article, he binge-watched the last dance, took two days, and he decided he's going back to Vegas to make a big, huge impact. How big was that documentary? How big was Michael Jordan, who he now has tattooed on his chest? How big was that for him? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I set up that question for him in a way that uh, I ask a lot of guys this, right? Hey, you're coming off a really big year, or you just had a big year a couple of years ago, whatever it was. And you ask him, hey, how did the switch flip? How were you able to take that massive next step to where you are uh, now at a really high point of your football career? And so it's a question that's very common. I think everybody asked it. But the answer that he gave was better than I could have imagined because he smiles and he reminisces about where it started. And he immediately went through this moment. And it was a moment where uh, coming off of that 2020 season, he had broken his hand. He had torn his labrum. And he was in Los Angeles about to get surgery. And he says that he remembers sitting in a hotel room with his now wife, Rachel. And they're sitting there. They're two days out from getting these two major surgeries. And the body feels broken. You know, it wasn't the year that he wanted to have coming off of uh, that rookie season. And he sat there. And he's a huge basketball guy. So the last thing is, I'm actually really surprised that it took him that long to watch the last right. dance, knowing how big of a basketball guy he is, but I guess that kind of just tells you how crazy these guys' schedules is. So he binge-watches the whole thing in two days, and the way that he talked to me about how inspired he was about that, you see that out on the field. And he, t- he said to me, he's like, 
I, t- I told I told Rachel at the time I'm about to go back to Las Vegas and change everything, and he did. He changed his preparation both in season and off season. He approached he, he changed how he uh, approached his diet, his strength and conditioning, uh, how he approached what he does on the field, how he prepares for it, how he's going to watch film against a lot of these other guys, and it was again that inspiration to win and be a champion in your mind before you are in your trophy case, if you will. And he said, look, MJ, Michael Jordan believed that he was the best basketball player and nobody could tell him any different. And just after that full conversation with Max, whether we were chatting about the last dance part of his story or anything else, it's very clear that he believes he's the best edge rusher in the NFL. And simply every time he goes out there every Sunday, it's just about proving it. It's not about proving it to himself. He already believes that wholeheartedly. It's about proving it to everybody else. And that's that MJ mentality. He talked about Kobe Bryant as well. Just these guys who had full confidence in their own abilities. And 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 that's something that has just permeated throughout his entire process of how he has become this great edge rusher. Tell you what, I thought that was an awesome part of the story. Again, Trevor Sycamore is our guest from Pro Football Focus here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So you mentioned he wants to be the best. He believes he is the best. You're there at Pro Football Focus. He's been the, the leading uh, guy when it comes to getting pressures in the NFL the last two seasons. How does Max Crosby now take his game to another even higher level that he's playing at already? Yeah, so I mean, it's 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 hard to say that he can, right? And and that's that's not a knock on him. He's in that tier one of edge rushers. You know, it's uh, funny. I uh, a couple of weeks ago, not knowing that I was going to have the opportunity to do this story, I had the pleasure of doing the edge rush rankings in the NFL heading into the 2023 season. And I had Max Crosby, I believe, at number five in that tier one of edge rushers. So, you know, I had him with guys like Miles Garrett, Nick Bosa, TJ Watt, Micah Parsons. Joey Bosa was also in that group. And so he was in that tier one, but he was number five for me. And while we were having this conversation, he was talking about wanting to be number one. I was honest with him at the end of the interview, and I said, hey, man, I had you tier one, but I did not have you at number one. And, of course, I said to him, I'll be very excited for the day that I, I can hopefully put you at number one. And he laughed and he looked at me. And he's like, I will hold you to that. So, nice. you know, when that happens one day, I'm hoping that uh, in a couple of years, he's just got so much consistency to him that it's undeniable, right? Because that is the big difference right now. You know, his pass rush win percentage was 24.2, which was by far the highest number in the NFL that 2021 season where he led the NFL in pressures as well with 100. If you combine what he's done over the last two years, he's still number one in pressures, but his pressure percentage, how often he is affecting the quarterback, that dipped a little bit last year, and so that number is a little bit further down, which, again, you know, it keeps him in that conversation with the best, but what puts you up at number one, and for example, I had Miles Garrett at number one. It's because Garrett has been – very high in his pass productivity for about three, four years now in a row. And when you consistently are in the low 20% when it comes to pass win percentage, which is going to be one of the highest marks in the NFL every year, that's when you start to get undeniable, right? And that's what all these athletes talk about. I don't want it to be a discussion that you can't put me in the top three or in his case, number one. So to me, it's just sustained success. He's already gotten towards the peak of that mountaintop. He's already shown you that at times he can be one of the most dominant forces on the edge. Now it's about just stacking a couple of years together here and there and making it undeniable. 
Raiders Max Crosby is running and winning his own marathon to be the NFL best. That's the piece out on Pro Football Focus by Trevor Sycamore, who's been our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Trevor, great stuff. What else are you working on that we should be on the lookout for? Like, that's not enough, but what else you got coming? <laughs> no, man, we're, we're doing all sorts of great work over at Pro Football Focus. We're getting everybody ready for the season with our season previews. Me personally, I'm, I'm really looking into the 2024 NFL draft class Ooh. already. We're doing our summer scouting, so if you're – uh, into the NFL draft, we're releasing all sorts of rankings and big boards and things like that, getting you ready for that season as well. All right, good stuff. Well, thank you so much for giving us the time and great piece. You did a great job, and I, I know that I could tell by the sound of your voice you had a lot of fun putting it together, so I definitely appreciate that. Of course I did. Appreciate it, Q, anytime, man. All right, brother, there he goes. Trevor Sickham, a pro football focus. How you like that? How you like that? That was some really, really good stuff. And, again, I encourage you. We do these interviews because I want you to hear about it and how all these are put together. But I definitely encourage you to go read this because, man, you can learn a little something, something about Max Crosby. Again, the piece of Pro Football Focus Raiders, Max Crosby is running and winning his own marathon to be the NFL's best. Love the fact that that's what he wants, to be the NFL's best. Not second, not third, not fourth, not fifth. The best. There's only one. Number one. Speaking of number one, how about we give away our first uh, giveaway for the day? Call number nine is what we're looking for, 702-365-9200. It's the Lotus Summer of Fun. We're going to get you qualified right now to win four tickets to an Aviators game, which will get you one step closer to that seven-day Alaska cruise for two or the $3,000 cash. It's the Lotus Summer of Fun. Call number nine, 702-365-9200. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.